Hey, it's Finn, and if you've been listening to 680 for long, you know that I'm a big fan of Audi Atlanta. That's where I got my Audi Q8 e-tron, which I absolutely love. And it's the only dealership I would recommend to my friends and my family. And here's why. For one, Audi Atlanta has a great selection of luxury vehicles. They helped me find the exact SUV I was looking for, and the purchase was super easy. A fully transparent experience catered to me. The same experience they provide all their customers And here's one more reason that makes Audi Atlanta so special. During the month of April, Audi Atlanta will make a donation to Enduring Hearts for every vehicle sold. Thanks to the efforts of Enduring Hearts, children with heart transplants are living longer and healthier lives. Get the Audi you've always wanted while supporting a great cause. To learn more about Enduring Hearts and to view our current specials, visit AudiAtlanta.com. To start or complete your entire purchase online or shop Audi Atlanta in person like I did on Peachtree Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Together, we have the power to make positive changes that could last a lifetime. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow. And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Clean flicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for Godwin. Into his hands. And guess which dogs are barking first. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. The national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine, yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. The corn balls get stolen. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Jake from. Be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He is at from Jake. Puntandpass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. Jake, we are headed toward the midway point of the regular season of college football. It's just so crazy how fast it flies by. It's officially October. We are in the meat of the conference schedules, and we got a bunch to recap from a pretty interesting week five. It was also interesting for your Washington commanders taking the Philadelphia Eagles to overtime almost got the dub though. How are you, man? Yeah, man, doing good. Uh, crazy week in college football, like it always is. I cannot believe as well that it is the month of October. I know all is flying by. Hopefully, hopefully it can hit pause here soon. But uh, wish the weekend could have been a little bit better to round it off with a commander's win. But part of the league, man, you win some, you lose some. It's a tough league. Uh, but excited to uh, get after it this Thursday. Play the Chicago Bears at home and excited to watch some college football all weekend. Love it. Thursday night football. Commanders taking on the Bears. Punt and pass nation will definitely be tuned into that one. And you said it. It's October, which means what? The holidays are right around the corner. And you know where to find every single important gift that you have to get this holiday season. That is no place other than Solomon Brothers Jewelers. This episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by Solomon Brothers Jewelers. The biggest selection, the best quality, the lowest prices, and an in-store experience that is totally unmatched to awesome locations. One in Alpharetta, just past the Avalon, the other in Buckhead. 17th floor, Tower Place. Custom jewelry designs, 
lifetime diamond upgrades, amazing watch selections for my guys out there as well. I posted, I reposted Jaron Solomon on Instagram at Solomon Brothers on Instagram, going over the Rolex selection they have. Man, I tell you what, if you need to get yourself something this holiday season, put the ladies and the partners aside. Go get yourself something over at Solomon Brothers. Check out what they got at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter, SolomonBrothers.com. If you mention Punt and Pass or myself or Jake, you can get up to 10% off your jewelry purchase. That is SolomonBrothers.com, at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, week five was pretty interesting. You and I said on the podcast last week, if Georgia couldn't do one thing, it was to turn the ball over and get off to a slow start and allow that Auburn crowd to get into it. That is exactly what they did. And they were lucky to get out with the win. They beat Auburn 27 to 20. Jake will start there. Tell you what, man, that kind of felt like one of the days of old. The Georgia fans have not been used to just sticking in it for four quarters like that. So many directions we can go. Give me your general thoughts first, and then we'll kind of dive in um, segment by segment. Yeah, I mean, the good to see is that they fought through it. You know, I mean, it, was, it could have been easy just to say, hey, we didn't have our best stuff today. Lay down and let Auburn beat yet another number one ranked team at home. Uh, I don't know if you saw that graphic they had. The last the four number one ranked teams to head into Jordan Hare have lost. I mean, I don't care where you're playing or how good that team is. That is a stat that I was unaware of heading into the yeah. game. Yeah. So that that's pretty impressive. But uh, I mean, for things not to go the way they wanted to early, yet another kind of slow start on offense. They just figured out a way to grind their way through it. Like that's to me, that's a lot more of, of the league, the NFL. Like sometimes you just don't have your best stuff today, but how can we find a way just to yeah. grind ourselves through the game and just find a way to finish across the finish line, right? That's what the guys did. You know, Carson missed one or two throws early that really could have turned the game uh, really quickly over into a, a heavily Georgia-sided um, kind of favor, um, but they, he didn't hit those. Um, but he did find a way to get things going on third down, convert a lot of third down, Big especially time. late in the game. We can get to the second half when he found Brock Bowers. So, um I'd say there's a, there's a lot of bad to worry about, but I think there's a lot of good too to take from the game and being able to fight through it. Uh, run defense is something that that wasn't great, um, but Auburn had a good plan. They executed, and I think they got pretty much the best shot that they could give the number one ranked team, Georgia. There's that. no question about that. A win is a win is a win, especially on the road in the SEC environment. Kirby Smart giving tons of love to the Auburn atmosphere. I mean, he doubled yeah. down in his post-game press conference as well, saying, I appreciate how hard it is to win on the road in this conference. He did it as a player. He's done it as an assistant coach, now as a head coach. He just simply said it doesn't matter uh, who you're playing or where or when. When you go on the road in the SEC, it is tough. And a lot of people are starting to say Auburn is one of, if not the toughest environment to play on the road in the SEC. So Carson Beck in his first test on the road gets in a 10 point hole, really wasn't playing the best, most spirited football early and somehow finds a way to win in big part to a certain Brock Bowers. Now we're going to go over his stat line. Okay. Eight catches, mm -hmm. 157 yards. What's craziest though, Jake is he only had two catches for nine yards in the, in the first. first half. Yeah, That's insane. 
this guy is special. A lot of people, if they weren't already aware, are waking up to the fact that outside of Caleb Williams, who is the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Brock Bowers is the best player in the nation. How on earth does a guy, as a tight end, take over a game like that? Everybody knew that's where they were going to. Got to give props to Bobo. Got to give props to Carson Beck. I mean, they got him activated, and he was the difference maker. Dude, at the end of the day, you have to give 99% of the props to Brock because to be able to take over a game at the tight end position is just so astronomically hard to do. Yeah. Like, there's not that many opportunities to to really get the ball in your hands. Um, You're you're blocking. You're you're asked to do so many other things that other positions aren't asked to do. And to still have that, that game player... Um, just be able to change the game like he did. I mean, on one drive, he made two back-to-back one-handed catches. I mean, just incredible like that. I to essentially he... save a turnover. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, so just what he's able to do with his ball skills, find a way to get open, and then his biggest asset is just his yards after catch, yards after catch, and yards after contact because he just never seems to go down after he catches the football, and he's basically like a running back. Like you just just give him the ball, and he's gonna find a way to just lay it, land forward and then gain, gosh, 10, 12, 20 yards after the catch, which is just unbelievably impressive. His body control is something that really college football hasn't seen. The way he is able to absorb contact, the way that he is able to continue moving downfield, um, and the way that he's able to really just be a football player. Like you said, he's yeah. not a pass catcher. He's not a you know, brute runner. He's all of that combined. And those one-handed catches, I mean, snagging the ball out of the air to really keep it out of defenders' hands and then take a hit and then keep moving forward. The 29-yard catch at the end of the game to seal the victory for Georgia was really unbelievable. There's been a few play breakdowns that are out there. The scheme that Coach Bobo put in that situation to get Brock that wide open in the middle of the field, Carson saw it, he hit it. Then it was off to the races, and Georgia was able to put it away. I do want to give a lot of props to Carson Beck because in the second half of that game, he woke up. He had a lot of great, accurate, contested throws when he needed to have them on third down. It was awesome to see Lad McConkey back in action. He proved to be a big difference maker on third down for Carson as well. And I'll just say this. If Carson plays that brand of football that we saw in the second half last year moving forward this season, then watch out because that was some pretty special stuff. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Uh, Just a different player in the second half, uh, finally settled into the flow of the game, uh, found some guys who were making plays for him, just find Ladd on third down, find Brock on third down, uh, and you're you're good to go. Just just trusting those guys, what they're doing. Uh, Sometimes it's players over plays. Just find your matchups, find guys who you trust are going to win, have good body language um, that you just trust. Hey, like you're seeing the game the same way. And when you let it rip, you know exactly where they're going to be and when they're going to be there. So good to see that kind of um, connection come back. Uh, and hopefully Lad gets healthy and is able to play throughout the rest of the season. No question about it. Got to show some love to Dejan Edwards as well. 19 carries, 76 yards, two scores on the ground, a total effort from the offense. In the second half, I do want to ask about the demeanor of Carson Beck because I think you could bring some really good knowledge to what I'm about to say. I feel like oftentimes football teams take the identity of their quarterback, all right? 
And Carson is a very chill dude, right? He's calm. He's collected. You hear him talk to the media. Hey, we're taking it one day at a time. Hey, yeah, we didn't get off to a good start, but we knew we'd fight back. Is it wrong of me to say I want to see some juice from the guy? Like, I want to see some rah-rah, and that might not be him, so it might come across as fake juice, which guys can easily sniff out. I'll compare it as unfair as it may be to Stetson over the last two years. Stetson had that chip on his shoulder. He was arrogant. He was cocky. Uh, he lived for the moment, if you wanted to call it that. Sometimes he was a little bit lackadaisical with the football, which got him in some certain situations. But he was the type of guy that would chirp at Coach Smart. You would see how fierce those guys would get with each other on the sideline. But it almost seemed like it galvanized the team in the moment, and the players would actually stick up for Stetson and almost elevate their play around his attitude. Am I totally off base? Tell me I'm stupid if that's the case as a quarterback and a guy who's actually led teams to win rather than kick a ball on fourth down a couple of times a game. Yeah. So I, I, I agree that body language is a huge deal as a quarterback, right? We have to have good body language on a good play and we have to have especially great body language when we make a bad play. How do you respond is a big thing that the rest of the guys want to see. Like when we make a bad play, throw an interception. Hey, it's all about how we respond. Now, Carson now, like you said, never gets too high, never gets too low. But as long as he is consistent with his body language, guys are guys are okay with that. Guys are cool with that because you, they just they know what to expect. And the guy's just going to stay level-headed the entire time. So I think that's something the guys can get around, uh, can get behind. Uh, and as, as long as he keeps making plays, that they're going to trust that he's going to keep making plays. Yeah, I mean, I would say word to the wise to this Georgia football team, you keep digging yourself big holes or you turn the ball over in the SEC schedule, you're not always going to get a win. So they will address that. I was thinking it's kind of like how the Atlanta Braves play in some games. Like they'll give up four, six runs in the third or fourth inning. They'll be down four, six, nothing. And as a viewer, knowing how explosive that offense is, I'm like, hey, you know what? They're probably going to win this game. And then they rip off a huge fifth inning. Then they double down and get a bunch of more runs in the seventh inning, and they come away with the win. Now, I know that's not apples to apples from a comparison standpoint because it is a little bit more stressful for Georgia fans watching the game. Um, but you would just like to see a little bit more fire straight out of the gates for this Georgia offense. And they're going to have a great opportunity coming up this weekend, welcoming in Kentucky undefeated now ranked number 20 just ran all over and dominated Florida a week ago. So that game is going to be a big test for the defense before we move on past the Auburn game. We have to talk about Georgia's defense because when you turn the ball over twice on offense and then you allow 220 yards on the ground, if you would have told me that last Thursday, I would have bet my mortgage on Auburn to win the football game. It's remarkable Georgia won this game. You know, objectively, Auburn is not that great of a football team, but I don't care who you're playing. If you allow your opponent to run for two bills plus and you put the ball on the ground and turn the ball over, it is uphill climbing. Georgia found a way to win. And somehow, some way, I, I can't remember the last time the Georgia defense gave up over 200 yards rushing. I don't know. I think the last, the most they've given up since that game, I believe, is COVID year 2020 against Florida. Florida ran for like 180 something. Yeah. They lost. I mean, that's, uh, gosh, 220 yards. Gosh, that is a lot of rushers. Now, granted, 
I'd say what 70 of it came on one quarterback yep. design run backed up. So, um, but and I, you got to give the offensive line credit on that. Cause they got out to the perimeter, sealed the edge and yep. Peyton Thorne was off to the races. Yeah, he was. So you hate to kind of see him lose uh, the physicality battle in the trenches a little bit. That's a, a little concerning. Um, uh, but that, I think that's something they can get addressed and, you got to give you freeze credit too now for I agree. it up. I mean, like that was a, a 13 uh, personnel set and it was kind of down, down and then wrapped the two tight ends around as lead blockers. So um, they saw something uh, the defense was giving them. And I mean, they executed it very well. It wasn't like, Hey, they were running it right at the three tech and the nose and they were just, you know, just beating them uh, over their head the entire time. I mean, they, they schemed some run-ups and had some good explosive plays on those. So um don't like to see it, but uh, just, hey, man, just thankful to survive and, and get to another week, and that's something obviously they're going to address and fix going into next week because Kentucky had a lot of success running the football against Kentucky this last weekend, but we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later down the road. Yeah, no doubt. I will give Hugh Freeze a lot of credit. He is a very disciplined play caller, okay? It was obvious. He saw Georgia's perimeter defense as their weakness. So what did he do to make sure that they had to stay true? It was for a yard and a cloud of dust, but he kept trying to run it up the middle, and there was nothing there. In between the tackles, one-yard gain, two-yard gain. Linebackers would step in, one-yard gain. Like, they were getting nothing up the middle, but it was remaining consistent that then they break it outside. Georgia's defense couldn't keep contained, and they were exposing the perimeter of Georgia's defense. Who's to blame for that? Is it the ends not being able to set the edge? Is it the outside linebackers not having good lateral movement? Because in listening to a lot of the reaction, Jake, people are like blaming the inside linebackers. And I'm like, I thought the inside linebackers had a pretty decent game. It was losing contain on the edges, and then it wasn't moving around well enough laterally. But again, you got to give Auburn's offensive line credit. They were setting blocks very well getting outside. Yeah, I'm getting some uh, some bad uh, practice memories here of just hearing Kirby on the microphone at practice, just saying "set the edge, set the edge." <laughs> I mean, so he'll be saying it this week for <laughs> sure. I'm sure. I'm sure that'll be said a few times uh, this week at practice. You know, it's interesting because a lot of people are pointing to Kentucky. They dominated Florida, 33 to 14 in Lexington. Kroger Field has become a little bit of a house of horrors for the Florida Gators. I believe that's three straight wins for Kentucky over Florida, but notably Ray Davis, the Vanderbilt transfer, Jake, he rushed for 280 yards and three touchdowns. Again, Kentucky wins 33 to 14 bruising running game, but I'll say this, turn the tape on or go watch the highlights. Almost every single one of Ray Davis's big runs or in between the tackles. And quite frankly, I think that matches up pretty well for Georgia. Kentucky's going to watch that tape and go, let's go try to set the edge or get expose the edge, the perimeter defense of Georgia's, uh, you know, rush prevent. And I think they might have a hard time. I think Kentucky is a bad, excuse me, Georgia is a very good match. What am I trying to say? Kentucky is not a good matchup against Georgia. I think Georgia is going to do pretty well. They're 14 and a half point favorites, which was crazy to me. I, uh, I do. I, I agree with you. I think that uh, you the, can't the, out Georgia, Georgia. That that's what I'm trying to say. And I think Kentucky's trying to build their brand of football as to what Georgia does so well. Am I off base saying that? No, I, I like that take. You can't out Georgia, Georgia. 
uh, running it inside into that front seven. Uh, you're going to want to get get around like Auburn did, get creative with it, um, get, get some guys with uh, the linebackers with some bad eye vision where they're trying to plug gaps, um, and then you you send it around the edge uh, and you pull pull a couple guys. So uh, they're going to have to get creative with it, but obviously uh, the the guy they're handing the ball off to uh, is elite is pretty impressive. So uh, he's going to get a lot of carries in that game. And as long as he holds up, I, I think they got a shot, but um, coming into Sanford stadium at night, first night game in a while, I think that'll be a tall task to overcome. First home sec night game for Georgia since South Carolina, 2021. That's before Stetson Bennett was even the starting quarterback. And guess what? The same broadcast team, Sean McDonough, will be on the call 7 p.m. ESPN, his new partner, Greg McElroy, they'll be in town calling the dogs. That leads us to our Solomon Brothers Jewelers, big watch of the week. Of course, it's the dogs, the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs, welcoming in the 20th ranked Kentucky Wildcats, 7 p.m. ESPN. But let me line up your Saturday for you, if you don't mind. Weather is supposed to be perfect, okay? Solomon Brothers Big Watch of the Week has you dialed in from noon until about midnight. That's 12 hours of football. We'll start at noon. Texas, the third-ranked Texas Longhorns are taking on the 12th-ranked Oklahoma Sooners. This is the Red River rivalry at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. Split 50-50 right down the uprights. Both teams are undefeated. Should be a high-flying game. Dylan Gabriel is playing some awesome football at Oklahoma. Take the over. I don't even know what it is. But take it, this will be a fun game to watch. Leads you right into 3.30 on CBS, number 11, Alabama. Heading to College Station to take on Texas A&M. Was it you who said Texas A&M might win the SEC West? No, you like Alabama. Somebody else told me, watch out for Texas A&M. This game at 3.30 going to have big SEC West implications. Number 11, Alabama at Texas A&M, leading you into 7 p.m., Number one, Georgia hosting the 20th ranked Kentucky Wildcats. So, look, Solomon Brothers Big Watch of the Week has you lined up for an awesome Saturday. Check out SolomonBrothers.com at Solomon Brothers on social media. Two great locations, one in Alpharetta, one in Buckhead. Mention Punt and Pass or Drew or Jake. You can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. So, you're going to have a great Saturday. You ain't playing football this week, and you guys are on Thursday night. There you go. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to dial in and watch them all. How about this Ole Miss LSU game? Don't know if you stayed up late after no, team meetings that for that yeah. one. Yeah. Ole Miss wins at home. They finally knock off LSU. Lane Kiffin gets a big win. 55 to 49. 104 points. 1,343 yards. 65 first downs. And 14 touchdowns in this football game. I mean, have you ever you know, played in a game like that? That is crazy. I mean, Oklahoma, Oklahoma Georgia, yeah, the, the Rose Bowl. Um, no, no defense was played. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, so I, I was really watching that last two minute drive. Well, that was the impressive. Last, the last two two minute drives. That's right. Uh, Ole Miss had it. They had the ball and they were down by one, I believe. And I thought they were just going to, once they got, kind of the plus side, like inside the 20, I thought they were just going to kind of run it and try to burn as much time as they could, kick the full goal, win it, everybody goes home happy. Well, they ended up scoring a touchdown, giving time for LSU. Way too much down. time, exactly. Holy cow, and they make stuff happen, and it, it almost 
was a, a an unreal finish where LSU comes back and win, wins the game. So um, just kudos to both play callers on a on a great game, great offensive game. Uh, and it was it was some fun, fun TV and football to watch. Outside of a strong performance in the win over Mississippi State, the LSU Tigers have allowed 11 touchdown passes and an average of 340 passing yards per game against Power 5 competition. That comes from thescore.com. LSU's loss leaves just two teams in the SEC West that are undefeated in conference play. That's your 330 game coming up this weekend, Alabama and Texas A&M. Tennessee had a big statement win at home against South Carolina as well. I saw some South Carolina fans like chirping Tennessee saying this was their Super Bowl, having to avenge the horrible loss from a year ago. Things are setting up in an interesting way in the SEC because don't look now, but this weekend LSU goes to Missouri. Missouri's mm. undefeated. Yeah. So the oh, three remaining undefeated teams in the SEC are all in the SEC East, Georgia, Kentucky, Missouri, Georgia, and Kentucky obviously playing this weekend. Missouri hosting LSU. I wonder if that's the first time. I would have to guess that it is since Mizzou has played in the SEC that they've hosted LSU. Somebody let me know that. Tweet me at Drew Butler. What would you say? I'll look at my trusty Phil Steele book right here. It might have it in the stats, but I would have to guess that this is the first time LSU is at Mizzou. I can't remember that happening. I, I don't remember that happening when I played, so that would kind of uh, it'd be surprising to me if that happened when I played because I, I don't remember that at all. But uh, He says but- Mizzou has won two of the previous three matchups against LSU with two coming in recent SEC plays, 16 and 20. I'll have to go back and look, but uh, interesting. There you go. Yeah. Hmm. So Missouri has LSU's number. Dude, watch out, man. Watch out for Mizzou. Do you think they could uh... – could pull off the upset against LSU. LSU need, needs to respond. I mean, it's not like they're playing bad ball. They're just playing bad pass defense. Yes. You yes. At, at, least, at least you know what you have to fix. Um, there you uh, go. October 10th, 2020, at Faro Field, Missouri beat LSU 45-41. to 41. So I was wrong, but there you go. It's going to be a great weekend coming up at college football. Good to kind of – you know, recap week five. It's setting us up for a lot of storylines to come here in the upcoming weeks as we just get thicker and thicker into this thing. A couple weeks away from the first college football playoff rankings as well. What are your general thoughts on where things stand right now? Because it seems like college football is just wide open. It's one of those seasons. Dude, I agree with you 100%. I mean, it looks like every week there's uh, – if you kind of follow the AP poll and the coaches poll, it just looks like every week a few more coaches uh, kind of picks get, you know, to Michigan, to Texas. Oh, yeah. Ohio State got one. Um, I, I mean, Georgia's playing well, but I, I, you can't sit here and tell me that they're head over heels better than everybody else in college football. I don't think um, they'd tell you that either right now. Yeah. I, I think there's some. I think there's a bunch of good teams out there. I don't see any great teams, um, but still have the rest of the season yet to play. Uh, there is three, three Pac-12 teams in the top ten. That's seven, eight, nine: Washington, Oregon, and USC. So that's pretty impressive from the beginning of the season when everybody thought the Pac-12 was just, yeah, um, just basically out of it. Um, and the Pac-12 is going to be 
uh, gone conference, but man, they're playing some really, really good ball this year. Penn State still undefeated, Florida State, um, and then you got Texas, uh, Texas, Ohio yeah. State, and Michigan. So I think there's some good teams, and I think it's really going to be a, a fun, fun college football season riding into the end with these college football playoff rankings. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe a four beats a one this year as of right now. Ooh, um, take. I like that. Spicy. Just, just because of the way I see things at the moment. You know, Southern Cal's defense obviously has issues. Got to yep. shout out my boys over in Colorado making a hell of a comeback. They lose 48 to 41. That game looked like it was getting way out of hand, and Shador brought the boys back into it. But speaking of USC, who's undefeated, who's ranked eighth right now, out of the Pac-12 in the top 10, like you just said, listen to the remaining schedule they have, okay? They're hosting Arizona this weekend. That should be a dub. Their defense clearly has issues. Then they go to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's ranked 10th. Then they host the following week, number 18, Utah, who's got a great defense. Go to Cal. Then they're home against number seven, Washington. Then they're at number eight, Oregon. So on their remaining schedule, Southern Cal has to play the 10th ranked team, the 18th ranked team, the seventh ranked team, and the eighth ranked team. So a little bit of a gauntlet there for the Trojans. They better get those defensive worries figured out sooner rather than later speaking of sooner rather than later get on down to solomon brothers jewelers sooner rather than later they have two amazing locations for you one is in alpharetta just past the avalon the other 17th floor tower place in buckhead family owned and operated since 1982 they've got the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the southeast the lowest prices on the highest quality and jewelry diamonds guaranteed that's Solomon Brothers, the biggest selection, the best quality, the lowest prices, and an in-store experience that is totally unmatched. Mention the Punt and Pass podcast or myself or Jake. You can get 10% off your jewelry purchase at SolomonBrothers.com, at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter. Jake, anything on the way out, my man? No, man. Just can't wait. Got a good weekend. Thursday night game. It's going to I love it. Follow us on social media at Punt and Pass. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at From Jake, puntandpass.com, and we will talk to you on Thursday. See you. We up. Hey, it's Finn, and if you've been listening to 680 for long, you know that I'm a big fan of Audi Atlanta. That's where I got my Audi Q8 e-tron, which I absolutely love. And it's the only dealership I would recommend to my friends and my family. And here's why. For one, Audi Atlanta has a great selection of luxury vehicles. They helped me find the exact SUV I was looking for, and the purchase was super easy. A fully transparent experience catered to me. The same experience they provide all their customers And here's one more reason that makes Audi Atlanta so special. During the month of April, Audi Atlanta will make a donation to Enduring Hearts for every vehicle sold. Thanks to the efforts of Enduring Hearts, children with heart transplants are living longer and healthier lives. Get the Audi you've always wanted while supporting a great cause. To learn more about Enduring Hearts and to view our current specials, visit AudiAtlanta.com to start or complete your entire purchase online. Or shop Audi Atlanta in person like I did on Peachtree Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Together, we have the power to make positive changes that could last a lifetime the winningest team in baseball also has the most saves and people who save the most money are winners so start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only ten dollars each these bonds earn a fixed seven percent apy and there's no fees penalties or minimum balance required and they can be redeemed whenever you like 
You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com. 